0: We're in the customer service industry. can't make everybody happy, but I'm gonna make damn sure that we do our best to make as many people happy as we can.
1: Create raving fans through outstanding customer service. Well, if they have a good experience, they want others
0: to also have a good experience. So again, I'm gonna make damn sure that we do everything we can to give the best client service possible.
1: Welcome to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io, the preeminent personal injury marketing agency. Before we get started, if you like what you hear, head on over to Apple or Spotify and pound that five-star review button. Each week we talk to the best in the legal industry. Ready to dominate your market? Let's go. Chris Early came out of the gate swinging. He went straight from law school to opening his practice. He hung out a shingle and built something out of nothing, deciding to pursue personal injury early on. He has come a long way since advertising on Craigslist. The early law group is now thriving practice and Chris is hell bent on creating raving fans. He has picked up some great lessons along the way. Today, we talk about time management for better productivity, turning your haters into raving fans by giving them that big old hug and how the right CRM can amplify your impact as an owner. But before we get into all of that, we dig into getting your mind right, because you must put your own oxygen mask on before saving anyone else. Here's Chris Early, owner at Early Law Group on mental health in law.
0: So I found peace through meditation. I try to create space because sometimes it's even more challenging when you're owning your own practice, right? It's a different flavor of stress. So I do things like, Chris, you know, meditating, journaling, because I'm all about creating space away from that stress. And trying to be very intentional and deliberate because if your if your head isn't right, the law can really, I think it can mess you up and create great anxiety, depression. There's a lot of people that are, that are not well in the law and they're not getting help. And so I, I try to just push away against any type of um, unnecessary stress. Try to manage my time well. I hire to the best of my ability really you know awesome rock stars who help me you know, do what I do. And just really be intentional about creating again, creating that space. I hate to say it again, but it's about space away from the profession. Because we're not, you know, we're human beings, right? We happen to make a living by practicing law, but I think you have to get get your head right, maintain the right head space. Because without that, I think this profession can punish you mentally and emotionally many times. Such high stress, it's it's a hard gig.
1: it, it is a hard gig. And you know, is it is that like a morning routine? Like when do you find time to do the the meditation?
0: Yeah, I, um, I've only been doing it for a couple of years, but I haven't missed a day. I wake up every day at uh, 4.20. I meditate from like 4.50 to 5.10, you know, on the dot, like on lock. Because if I, if I don't do it, I fear that it's not going to get done that day. So I just get out of the way. And it,
1: it's hard work. It's hard not to think of yourself when you're telling the story. I was thinking yesterday, I had a situation where I'm like, oh, let me just check some, you know, one of my employees work and there was a little, little error and I felt my face getting all warm and the blood pressure go up. I'm like, you know what, it's okay. Like, this is very minor, we can fix this.
0: I hear you on that. Those things can no question be upsetting. For many years, I would let that ruin my day. And, you know, this isn't a, you know, This just works for me. I journal, you know, maybe that, that, just little things you can do to keep your head right because I have a lot of demands. I'm sure a lot of people on this call, Chris, they're not only PI lawyers, but they're running PI shops. And again, tremendous stress. Uh, we're in a very difficult hiring period. It's hard to find good people. There's just so many factors. There's such keen competition in this space. There's so many lawyers wanting to, you know, that are in PI that um, it can create a, a lot of heavy stress on people. So whatever you can do, take care of yourself, right? It's not just mentally and, 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 uh, emotionally, but physically too, right? Just take care of yourself. Don't neglect that. Cause this, again, you know, this profession can be a, a brutal one at times, a great one, very rewarding, but it can really be sneaky and can, can be tough on people.
1: I think one of the things that you do quite well is the time management side of things, right? You have this routine, you haven't met, you said, Hey, I'm consistent. I haven't missed a beat as the owner. Our time, you know, we at the highest hourly rate and we're getting pulled in a million directions. You know, so what are some tips that you have maybe that work for you in terms of time management?
0: All right, I think it starts with mindset. I actually have a, a presentation I present to many bar associations about time management because I'm pretty militant about it. And I look at it as you know, getting the, the mindset right. Because like you said, you know, time is so important. Once it's gone, it's, it's over. It's, you can't, we can't get it back. So when you talk about the hourly value of your time, I would encourage anyone to sit down, if you haven't already with a piece of paper and figure out what is your hourly rate? What, are you, you know, what do you make per hour, right? That really shapes how you, how you <laughs> will manage your time. going forward, I can promise you that. And you're gonna you're probably gonna get a little uh, uncomfortable when you see that number, but it's, it's healthy to know the number. So little things like you know, not checking email very often, delegating as much as I possibly can, you know, time blocking on the weekends. I got a lot of balls in the air. I run a busy growing practice. I write for many bar publications. I speak to bar citations. So I'm really focused on time management, right? And I think it's an ever going process of trying to get better and better with that. But like I said, less email, more delegation, uh, leveraging automation, time blocking, calendaring things.
1: Work expands to fill the time allotted for its completion. This idea is called Parkinson's Law, and it's as accurate today as it was when it first appeared in The Economist in 1955. So be careful who gets access to your time and how you structure your day.
0: I don't take any unscheduled phone calls. I stole that from Ben Glass, who has been very helpful for me. No unscheduled phone calls. I try to, for lack of a better word, train new clients that when they email me or, or call me, we have a certain routine and how we handle communication. You know, this really goes back to to being kind to yourself and not letting this profession run you ragged, right? Owning the day, owning the business, owning your time and being super focused on how I uh, consume that time, what I allocate that time towards, right? I think that's really important. And a lot of lawyers get that wrong. And I know that because I've spoken to other lawyers publicly and they've told, you know, I don't really do that. I should try that. And I'm a student of this stuff. I'm always learning. And because I think time management is really important. It's so important as a business owner, PI lawyer, whatever you're doing, manage your time well. I think it's important
1: talk to me about your role and those those high value activities like how has your role changed you know where do you provide the most impact today versus maybe in the past
0: definitely you know i'm gonna it may sound weird but i'm not really my strength isn't practicing law my strength is growing a law business a law practice so i try to lean into that so i hire really good people that are better at me that are trying cases at, at practicing law me, I can try a case. And I can. I like negotiation, mediation, and and lawyering. I kind of really get stimulated by growing this thing. I like to go to conferences. I'm in a couple of masterminds. I enjoy geeking out on the business development. And so, for me, my my greatest strength is a visionary. I think as opposed to an integrator, right? Visionary planning, plotting the future, thinking strategically, sitting down, and just you know figuring stuff out. I like to do that. I like the challenge because this is hard as hell. I mean, anyone. You know, listening to this that runs a PI practice you knows just what I'm talking about. This is this is hard stuff. And uh, <laughs> it requires on work. So, you know, again, we got to manage the time. We got to manage our headspace. We can't do a million things at once. We have to really take care of, of getting high level things done. So I try to get out of the way of my staff. I let them run, do their thing. We, we have the systems, the processes, the procedures set up. And and I, and I hire, I'm so crazy careful on who I hire. So when I bring them on the bus, I want to make sure that they can do the work at a high level. When you make a, a, a wrong hiring decision, it really sets you back. So hire the right people, have the, have the processes in place and get out of their way, right? And that allows me to jump on airplanes, go to conferences, network, grow, meet other lawyers, meet people outside the law who, who, who are inspired and, and we can glean a lot from, right? That that believates the legal space. So that's what I'm doing. I don't handle any more cases, Chris. I thankfully divested that responsibility. Now it's just strictly just growing this thing. You know, that's really what I... I'm passionate about. I love
1: it. Are there any tips on the hiring? Right, so you said, "Hey, I'm very particular." What What do you mean by that? Like, are you doing personality assessments? Like, what goes into your hiring process?
0: You ever hear of Patrick Lencioni? Mm-hmm. So I thought I knew about hiring. I didn't know anything until I read this guy's Lencioni's books. Right, we I I want humble people who are hungry, who have high social intelligence, high you know social emotional intelligence, right? You know how to deal with people. Uh, but humility, I think, is is my number one characteristic that I that I chase. You know, when when I'm hiring. So Jay Henderson, he runs an, a a fantastic uh, uh, online evaluation, which which helps me learn more about each applicant. And I put applicants through a process that is designed to be difficult, because anyone can put up their resume and apply to a, 100 jobs at once, right? And people do that. But I want people who. Or picking up what I'm putting down. I want people who care about the culture I'm putting down, who actually speak those core values, who care about those core values. Because I don't want to hire you and you know, see you leave here in six months or me having to fire you. I want you to be around for a while. But I think you know, it's so true, Chris. Hire slow and fire fast. It's not working out. Let's be honest about it. It's, it's, let's be fair to that person. It's not working out. Let's have that conversation and and, and do what needs to be done. But you know, hire slow, fire fast has is, is worked pretty well. In, in my space at least, right? And I, and I hear it works for others too. So be so careful on who you hire. I think it's so critically important.
1: I couldn't agree more on having those right values. Uh, I love Lencioni, fantastic uh, author. Um, so smart about getting the right team. I'm looking at your website and I'm doing the things is is the referrals and you have this raving fan section on your website, which is different. Most people that just have a testimonials or case results is kind of generic. You know, talk to me about how you create raving fans and, and what's it mean to be a raving fan and, and how you put that across the organization.
0: Well, again, this goes back to hiring. So I'm going to hire people that are empathetic. I want to hire people who care about customer service, who like providing high-level customer service. Once they're on board, we focus on making the clients happy. I mean, we can't make it... We're in the customer service industry. We can't make everybody happy, but I'm going to make damn sure that we do our best to make as many people happy as we can. That's a way of have over you know, 500 Google reviews, right? I'm obsessed with customer service. I want this to be the Ritz Carlton, right? Literally, like I want this to be white glove treatment. So that creates raving fans, right? That creates people who will evangelize, right? And say, yeah, early law group, they really treated me well. They cared about me. They showed me that love, care, and concern. And I'm sensitive to taking the temperature of the clients during the client journey. We put out automated surveys through our CRM asking you, hey, Chris, have you been treated with care, compassion, and concern throughout your case? Have we met your expectations? We exceeded them. Have we not met them, right? And then it's sort of like an NPS score type thing. How likely are you to refer to people? So I believe in educating people about the fact that we want referrals, right? I can't presume that people even know that we want referrals. Let's presume total ignorance of the topic that they have no idea about referrals. Now, I don't mean being heavy-handed and just slam it down the throat. It's so, all, you know, referrals. No, It's more like encouraging it because we want to inform and educate our clients that that's how we grow, And so a lot of people, if they have a good experience, they want others to also have a good experience. So again, I'm gonna be, make damn sure that we do everything we can to give the best client service possible. Again, it can't make everybody happy, but if you focus on that, like intensely and and seriously for a long period of time, I think a practice can just, like a rocket ship, just go up and and just grow like crazy. If you focus on that. But too many lawyers, I feel like neglect clients, taking for granted. And and you do that at your own peril. I think that could be very hazardous for the growth of practice.
1: I think that's so smart because those referrals end up being a flywheel, right? You get the reviews, it helps you in your local rankings, it helps you your social proof and conversions, And, and then, you know, other future referrals, it just has so many positive benefits. And... It reminds me of, it seems like everybody's had this scenario where a friend goes and works at an insurance company, right? And you sit down with them with Northwestern Mutual or whoever. And at the end, they always say, hey, who else do you know, right? They've been trained to ask about referrals. I mean, that's very intentional and you can see it and look how big Northwestern Mutual is. And, and that's their main tactic is referrals. The other thing that you have that's a bit different is your VIP program and the free services you provide. How does that function? How does that translate into more cases? You know, Talk to me about it.
0: It's on the website. It's just another value add, if you will, right? To pull them into our, our, our universe over here at the Early Law Group, right? So just one, one way to try to attract that prospect to us. You test things, right? And you, you see if it works, if it does, great. If it doesn't, all right, let's, let's move up. Let's, let's Audible and, and move around that maybe.
1: What Chris offers his clients helps them stand out, and it feeds into the psychology of his branding. He radiates warmth and caring, and he hires team members who share the same values, care, compassion, and concern.
0: I'm trying to develop those rating fans because there's good math that that happens, this exponential multiplier effect, right? They say everyone knows a couple hundred people, so I try to play into that and try to make sure that John and, and Sarah, whoever, Super happy. And if they're not, the survey is going to tell me how I can get ahead of that. I try to sit down with the clients. You know, obviously all we do is PI. Client comes in, pick up the check. I'll say, hey, you know, John, do you have a quick second to sit down? Bring it into my office, give them a merchandise bag. It's got books, it's got our, our, our merch and bookmarks, all that good stuff, right? Umbrella, whatever, ice cream, whatever the season may be. And I'll sit down and say, hey, how was your experience? I want to hear something bad because I want to work on that. Most people, you know, they have good experience, but it's the ones who don't have a good experience. I lean into that, I say, oh, okay, thank you so much. Anything else you could tell me? Because that enables us to create raving fans by tweaking the problems that we don't see. Because if anyone, you know, if you're not doing surveys, I would encourage everyone to call to start doing surveys. Always be sensitive to problems you have, may have no idea that are festering in your practice. And, and your clients will tell you, but you must ask them. Now, Chris, after I have the conversation with the client, if they're really happy, I'll say, hey, thank you so much. Would you, I almost presume that they'll refer to us because they've had such a good experience. It's almost like a presumed close. Like, would you be agreeable to um, keeping us in mind? Should, should someone in your orbit need a lawyer, right? Now, it, no, no pressure, no heavy sales tactic. Just ask me, would you refer to us since you've had a good experience? So other people can have that experience. That's worked out pretty
1: well. I think it's such a different mindset that you have. It reminds me of that, that book, Hug Your Haters by Jay Bear, because you get information to improve. Right. And when you pry that out, when you you can uncover it, it's something you can fix. But because if they don't tell you, you don't know. Right. You may even replicate it, which is even worse. Right. So I think the surveys are super smart. I just want you to restate for the audience. You ask them the three, three questions are, are in that survey. It's, it's slightly different.
0: Yeah. Um, the, the the questions are, yeah. Have you been treated? I, I'm all about how do we make you feel at the end of the day? Like that's what people care about. It's not how much the settlement was. They're going to forget that in a few years. It's like, how did the early lager make me feel? I want that to be a, a good feeling, right? And this is a couple times. There's, there's checkpoints, right? Beginning of the case, middle, end. You know, are you being treated with care, compassion, and concern? That's what I care about. Not a lot of people do the survey, right? It's not like everyone does it. So when I do get feedback, I do it. Now, another thing I do, I did this recently. I surveyed my staff anonymously. And I said, <laughs> you know, I was putting myself out there, I said, what the hell? You know, I'm trying to grow this thing. I got to know how I'm doing and my team knows better than anyone how I'm doing. So I asked them, I forget, you know, anyone, they can reach out to me, I can tell the questions, I forget what they were, but it's, it was like, you know, am I, am I, you know, setting a good example, am I open to your feedback? I think what's really important is team members need to know that you, you are open-minded, you'll listen to them, right? Because if you're not, like, they're not gonna come to you with suggestions. And just equally important as it is with clients, I want team members to tell me about problems to you that I don't see myself. So survey clients, survey team members, you'll get some great info that you can really tweak and
1: improve upon. The other thing is you have a way of educating the public to get more cases. So you talked about a few of these, and then you have a ton of free education, your truth series. You know Talk to me about your approach to marketing in regards to educating the public.
0: Well, and of course, direct response. Right, it's education-based marketing. I'm not trying to shout the loudest because I'm not gonna be able to outspend my competitors on AdWords, right, or Google Ads, whatever, TV. So I'm realistic. I, I'm in those spaces and I play in those spaces, but I really try to leverage education with attracting prospects, right? We use a very robust CRM. We utilize you know, shock and awe packages, which double down on the whole educational component. Just, we're literally trying to educate the prospect to make good decisions, right? And we try to set the criteria that, you know, this is what I have a book on how to hire a lawyer, right? And we try to point the signs towards us, like, hey, we check all the you know, we have, you know, without saying it, this is who we are. You know, like that is the, the team that we've assembled here, and we're here to help you. Educate the public, provide value, don't negotiate your fees, don't ever take any crap from a client. Obviously, clients have a bad day and we have to understand and be compassionate, but you know, protect your team members, protect them and, and good things happen.
1: The right CRM lets you manage the database, send out correspondence with the click of a button, has time-saving automation. Chris uses Keep, formerly Infusionsoft, for his firm.
0: I pulled out a lot of hair trying to figure that CRM out, but once you nail it and you figure it out, you're done, right? It's really robust. It's a great CRM and it can give potential you know, we use that drip campaigns, you know, with potential clients. We're trying to nurture through education, right? There's no there's no hard selling. We sprinkle in, you know, different people consume different types of content differently. So some people like to read things, some people like to hear, some people like to see things, right? In terms of how they can ultimately be receptive or be persuaded by content, right? So hit people with video, testimonials. Uh, all sorts of free reports, white papers. So anyway, so we use that for potential clients. We also use it with existing clients, nurture them with email sequences. So if you're not utilizing a CRM, I really encourage you. And yeah, in FusionSoft, it's, you pay a little bit more, but you get what you pay for, right? And it's yes. so much it delivers for you. It gives you so much power, automation, sophistication. It's fantastic.
1: I'd have to say that was totally out of left field. I wasn't expecting Keep. Yeah, <laughs> And I got to tell you, in the past, it used to be very challenging, but it, it is so robust with this automation. I, just briefly, can you talk about your like database of former clients and how you could potentially utilize it? Because, again, it, it's just so powerful with the automation. Maybe just a couple examples of maybe in terms of the client experience and then maybe maybe in terms of the nurture side.
0: So we use it in, in countless ways. I mean, we have, I have a weekly email that goes out to our whole, our entire tribe, past clients, former clients, uh, prospective clients. It's a kind of a universal email and we tag, that's what they call it in, in Infusionsoft, it's a tag. We have that for for that audience, right? I have an attorney tag. I send an attorney email blast out once every week on a, on a practice tip that attorneys can utilize. Again, this is education-based. I do the same with clients as well as attorneys, trying to nurture referrals, nurture people providing value, try to show up differently. And I'm just always thinking, how can I be different today? Like, what are lawyers not doing that I can try to leverage? But there's so many ways to use a CRM It can be tremendously powerful. Now, it's hard work. Getting that set up, as I said, it was tremendously hard, frustrating. I felt like I was sliding down you know, the mountain as I was trying to go up with this technology, but slowly you advance upward. It's, it's really great stuff, there's so much.
1: I gotta give you props. I hired a company called Sixth Division about three years ago to implement Infusionsoft on for our agency. And you know what, I just didn't keep up with it. And you know, when I niched to just PI, it was a lot easier, I didn't need as much logic. But yeah, it's so powerful. I like to talk a lot about leverage and a lot of times it just comes down to, a lot of our guests just talk about labor, right? The staffing, and, and that's so incredibly important, but you're utilizing technology for distribution and and you're multiplying yourself
0: yeah no for sure we have a newsletter too if you're not doing a newsletter you know everyone in the call be doing a newsletter right we have we have an attorney newsletter and we're talking about i'm talking about emails right blast emails i'm talking about paper newsletters that hit the mailbox attorney newsletter client and former client and prospective client newsletter right um just hitting people with with frequency right showing up i put a lot of content out man you know and it's not hard to do but because the only reason I can do this is I'm not handling cases anymore. I don't, I didn't really love that. I like this stuff. I like writing for lawyers. I've content, marketing pieces from potential clients. Now that's the stuff I like. So if you can lean into what you do, what you enjoy. And I try to live there, you know, and just stay in that space. And, and thankfully I, I feel fortunate that, you know, good things have been happening the more than doing that. Thank God.
1: <laughs> that's fantastic. That's so different. I applaud you doing that. that that's so unique and so powerful what's next for Early Law Group and where can people go to connect with you?
0: Yeah, well, my, my goal is to to keep scaling this, right? Um, and just, you know, growing this thing to be the, the best firm that I can possibly create, right? Because when it's all and up, when I retire, I look back to, okay, like that was the best I could do. So my job is to continue scaling.
1: Thanks so much to Chris Early at Early Law Group for everything you shared today. If you want to geek out with someone on how to run a law practice, reach out to Chris. He would love to hear from you. His cell is 617-956-2501. Or you can email him at c-e-a-r-l-e-y at earlylawgroup.com. To recap, here's pinpoint number one. Hug your haters. I know you heard me say this before. It comes down to this. Get close to the problem, knowing when people are upset, and figure out how to improve. Survey them to find out what's working and what's not. Ask if the experience has had care, compassion, and concern. Surveys work for clients and for employees too. The questions are a little different, but the outcome is the same. Surveys help identify blind spots.
0: Surveys through a CRM asking you, Hey, Chris, have you been treated with care, compassion, and concern throughout your case? Have we met your expectations? Have we exceeded them. Have we not met them? Right? And then it's sort of like an NPS score type thing.
1: Pinpoint number two invest in a robust CRM that can handle automation. With the right features, a CRM can help you learn from your clients and give you more control over the database, target content distribution, create custom campaigns and nurture referrals. In short, a better CRM means a better bottom line.
0: There's so many ways to use a CRM. It can be tremendously powerful. It's hard work getting that set up. As I said, it was tremendously hard, frustrating. I felt like I was sliding down, you know, the mountain as I was trying to go up with this technology, but slowly you advance upward. It's, It's really great stuff you so
1: much. Pinpoint number three, slip on those white gloves. Your customers want Ritz Carlton level service. Remember that you're not just competing against other firms. Your service is being held to the highest standards across the industry. When service stands out, it will contribute to the marketing flywheel. This is why great service gets you more reviews. More reviews help you rank better in local SEO. This helps increase conversions and rank for those superlatives like best car accident lawyer. Great service gets you more referrals.
0: I'm all about how do we make you feel? At the end of the day, like that's what people care about. It's not how much the sum of it was. They're gonna forget that in a few years. It's like how the early lager make me feel. I want that to be a, a good feeling, right?
1: I'm Chris Stryer. Thanks for listening to Personal Injury Mastermind. If you made it this far, it's time to pay the tax. No, I'm not talking about taking your cash like big G. I'm asking you for a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Leave me a review and I'll forever be grateful. This is your first episode. Welcome and thanks for hanging out. Come back for fresh interviews where you can hear from those making it rain. Catch you next time. I'm out.